SheQuest Podcast is the home of heart-opening dialogues, stories, and experiences for self-identified women on SheQuest. Season 5 is now bilingual as I welcome co-host Nadia Bonafa. Hey, Nadia! <laughs> hey, Estelle! Delighted to be part of SheQuest Podcast Forward Movement to Live Aware, Bold, and Whole. Let's do this! Woohoo! Today on SheQuest Podcast, I am honored to be welcoming Nancy Zagbayou to the mic to be chatting about yoga, freedom of work, movement, diversity, and inclusivity. Nancy is usually based out of Montreal, but traveling through her work, uh, working as an articling student for a, a virtual law firm right now, and also someone that believes in the power of yoga and inclusivity. Welcome to SheQuest, Nancy. Uh, thank you so much for having me. It really is a pleasure to be chatting with you. You are in Spain today. I am in Quebec. So thank you for taking the time to be here, to share your story and to really also take a moment to share your passion and your beliefs around how powerful the practice of yoga is in your life. Um, my first question to you, Nancy, is what makes you feel connected and really kind of alive right now? Mm. I am in Cambrils in Spain and I go running on the beach every morning and just feeling the sand in under my feet and the sun on my skin makes me feel really alive at the moment. Mm, such a beautiful description. And, and I think probably a lot of people that love coastal environments can relate to that ability to feel the power of the ocean and the earth under your toes. That is so nice. And would you say that moments like this in nature for you, where you feel connected to the earth and your surroundings are part of your yoga practice? Oh, for sure. Just that appreciation for nature and everything that's greater than me, that it lives in me as well. I feel like that connection and that homecoming came after years of practicing. Mm, beautiful. And I, and I love how you use the word homecoming and just, you know, coming back to your center and your, and your power. I feel really excited to be chatting with you. I feel like there's, you know, hundreds of questions that I would ask you, but just so that people that are listening to us maybe get to really know you, how would you describe if I just ask you the question, who is Nancy? Mm, I am a wandering soul looking for a home and feeling at home one day at a time with each interactions. Um, I have been on a quest to take my students on that same journey so that they can feel at home in themselves through the practices of yoga and meditation. Mm, beautiful. And I guess that moving around the globe, I'm going to say as, as a virtual yoga teacher too, I would have to think, I know you've studied law and you're doing some work for a virtual law firm that is based in British Columbia, but giving you the ability to 
move around, do you feel like the practice over the internet with your student is something that you've actually cherished in developing? Mm. So COVID has been a gift in disguise in my practice. I was mostly teaching in person before, and I had to make a shift to teach online and finding new ways to create uh, affinities and connections with my students. And so now after a year of living in this new environment, I, I want to say that Yes, I'm able to create a sense of home even online, but it has come with uh, lots of trial and error and also lots of vulnerability opening up with my students and giving them the opportunity to do the same with me, even if we're not face to face. Mm, it's been such a year of adaptation, eh? The the fact that actually, even through the screen, we have this kind of like sacred technology that allows us to feel connected and grow individually and as a community. And I can only imagine if you've been on the road a little bit uh, the last few months, and I don't know if you have, but to kind of bring this fresh new energy from different geographical areas for you as a, as a teacher fueling your practice and facilitating facilitating practices for others must have been some really nice um, active fire that you were able to bring. And so maybe tell us about, you know, through your travels recently, are there favorite spots that you feel really connected and grounded with um, that you use when you're virtually teaching or do you mainly set up a space wherever you are and teach from an inside space? Mm. I mostly set up a space and teach from an inside space and I try to have that space not have too many stimuli so you know white walls and just uh, my mat and me and giving a sense of consistency to my students uh, because what they're looking for is a sense of home. And so creating that home wherever I go has been very important to me and to my students as well. And feeling like there's some continuity to the practice. Mm, beautiful. And I think the continuity piece or a sense of home is also such an important energetical background to make sure that we set up so that there is this sense of like you said I'm going to loop it back to the word coming home the homecoming it's so nice you travel but you do call Montreal home um, your parents are from Africa from Ivory Coast and the Democratic Republic of Congo you've lived in Africa you've lived in Montreal how do these life experiences merge into the women that you have become, the choices that you are making, the values that you're sharing with your students? So my, my parents, they studied in Canada. And so um, they met and had me in Montreal. So it's a very special place in my family's history. It, uh, it's a place of love and a place of birth. And so um, Montreal has always had a special place in my heart. Uh, as a place where, you know, anything is possible, people from different countries can come together and uh, create another human being. And then Africa is a place where I spent my formative years. So uh, elementary school, middle school, and some of high school. 
And uh, there I learned a lot about who I was. I was, you know, in dance classes, learning um, in a French private school. Uh, and, and my parents really always gave me a very international education. And I went to school with people from all walks of life. And so I've never felt a stranger to any of the places where I've lived because I've always been surrounded by people from all over the world uh, from a very young age. And um, coming back to Montreal to go to McGill Law School um, felt like homecoming. I feel like that's the theme of my life. Uh, if I'm not coming home to a place, I'm coming home to myself. So beautiful and and. I'm going to say kind of bathing in this diversity and access to experiences in two, um, you know, on two different continents, probably I would have to imagine really nourish a lot of what you facilitate for your yoga students through movement with the physical body, especially like you said, with the dancing background from Africa. And then also I'm sure the words and the values that you choose. And, and so that seems like, I would love to take classes with you. I feel like it would be a very rich experience and a deep experience. And as a woman of color in wellness, do you feel that this diversity of life experiences and how you, you've been brought up into these different places really have merged in for you in completely aligning with your dharma, your mm -hmm. voice? Thank you for that question. It's beautiful. Um, I feel like my voice is getting stronger, but I also feel like my voice is being heard. At um, at times, I never, I didn't feel that there was space for me to be authentic in uh, an industry that's very homogeneous. But you know, the tides are shifting, and people are understanding that um, we have to value differences. We have to value inclusivity and diversity and the students are asking for it as well and so I'm seeing that what I have to offer is becoming has always been valuable but now it's also being seen and sought after as something valuable. Mm, so powerful what you're saying and and being seen and I'm going to come back to the word being sought after and feeling like there's a huge shift happening and having the ability and I guess the life alignment and experience to become uh, a tide changer or a torchbearer, I think, in that must be such a big mission. Is it a mission that for you, you know, do you feel like it's something that you really, really want to or have to put forward I know that you are assisting in yoga teacher trainings I'm sure that you've had demands to develop content and deliver curriculums how strong does this resonate in your body for you as as a teacher trainer now I I want to say that um that my my background has opened doors and I feel that um that those doors are open for me to open doors for other people as well. So I, when I step out of my home, you know, the world sees me as a black woman. And so it's not something that I'm actively going out to advocate for, but it's something that I am. 
And by virtue of who I am, my body is political. And so I have to be in spaces where I have to often explain where I come from, who I am, the way that I do things. And so that has played a big role in my work as an inclusion consultant because I understand the people that I serve. I understand the institutions who want to be more inclusive towards people who look like me. And that's a that's a very niche and key uh, skill set that I'm bringing to the table. I would say that it is my dharma in a way that I, I can divorce from who I am. But I would also say that it is my dharma because of the students that I serve and seeing that more and more by the work that I do, I'm able to create more spaces where they're welcome. Wow, that is um, so powerful. I'm just listening to you and the alignment of, you know, your life, your life story, the choices you've made in your education, in becoming a facilitator, taking on the role of opening doors for others. And like you said, that your body, you know, you said my body is political in that way where whether you want to change or not, this is you and this is you in all of your light and and stepping into these boots of of real world power and wow what a you know what a deep mission and at the same time what a wonderful career path that you're that you're kind of braiding for yourself with you know consulting and law and yoga teaching and travel if I come back to Nancy 10 years ago and Nancy now, what would you say are the, you know, the experiences that have made you really shift and honor the women that you are today? Mm. I want to say probably going to law school and, you know, being exposed to thinking differently, to asking questions, to seeing both sides of things to uh, being level-headed and uh, walk with, you know, making sure that no stone is unturned. And then maybe going to Singapore as an exchange student and discovering yoga and meditation on a silent meditation retreat and how that transformed my life uh, from being a practitioner to later become a teacher and then seeing how those things have merged in my career. My law firm, we actually represent yoga teachers, uh, studio owners, and gyms. We are a boutique uh, wellness law firm. So I was able to merge my interest with my life work <laughs> and that that's a, a very special gift I think that life has given me. I'm so excited to introduce Estelle Thompson. Yes, that's me. Online art and yoga studio, a place to engage, explore, transform, and most importantly, play to free your unique expression of soul. With the coupon Studio 20, try one month of studio features with 
20% off. Again, that's Studio 20, S-T-U-D-I-O-2-0. You're welcome. Now back to our electrifying guests and conversation. You're in your 30s now, but you know, if you look back in your 20s, did you ever imagine your experiences to be complete and in such alignment with what you're living now? No, I I was honestly just putting one foot in front of the other and, you know, living with an open heart for sure, but not having a set plan and seeing what life had to bring. And, And I think sometimes that's the best way to live when we have set plans, things don't always turn out the way we expect them to, but keeping an open heart and an open mind gives us the opportunity to seize the moment when it presents itself. Mm, Absolutely. And to feel like there is that, like you said, that openness energetically in welcoming these new experiences and at the same time developing the vision of what one foot in front of the next means and do you start to dance through that life experience or do you stay really on just that you know kind of like the tightrope but it certainly sounds like you've been dancing with it and it's so inspiring and I have no um, doubt that people that are going to be listening to our conversations I think that will feel very much inspired and it's so easy to get into these robotic modes of just the day-to-day and detaching ourselves from deep places of information you know through experiences and through what is needed in our life right now and I'm curious about your personal practice so I think you facilitate and open a lot of doors for people in your sphere but your practice to feel like you're really in tune consistently looks like what exactly? I have a very rigid routine. You know, I wake up at four every day. I um, and, and those things are part of my practice, even if it's not just the asana, but the idea of waking up and sitting in meditation, journaling my gratitudes, uh, you know, practicing haimsa every day. Um, and my yoga practice consists of the primary series in Ashtanga. And so it's a very, you know, formulaic way of practicing, but it gives me a lot of freedom because I don't have to think when I get on my mat, I know the primary series and I just do it and it keeps my body fit and healthy and flexible and and also I have a lot of fun still with the primary series. But when I when I feel the shift in the moods, then I um then I would do some yin, which always does a lot of good to the soul. And uh and I mostly teach the same things uh in terms of you know vinyasa and hatha, prenatal, postnatal. Um, but for me, what brings me home to myself is really uh, yin and the hashtenga practice. Mm, such, such two beautiful layers of practices to, like you said, have a little bit of that fire ignition in the morning and at the same time being in complete tune in and listening to the body when you just need to root down and feel supported. 
I've also seen that you've gone through a trauma-informed yoga teacher training, and I was wondering if you can maybe speak a little bit about that and how how it connects to maybe what you're seeing with some of the work in the law firm. Um, is there a bit of a bridge? Do you feel like you've had the opportunity of really taking your your yogic baggage into what you're doing um, through your day-to-day work with law? So the trauma-informed teacher training was a lot about consent, learning what consent means, in which ways you can ask for consent, either for hands-on adjustments or just inviting people into the practice, understanding that different people are coming to the practice in different ways with different histories and maybe some traumas, and that the term trauma is relative and that we all have some trauma that we bring with us. And so that informs me not just in how I teach, but also in my day-to-day interaction with people, you know, welcoming them as they're accepting them and inviting them into engaging with me uh, as opposed to, you know, imposing myself. And uh, in terms of the work that I do at the firm, so it's a corporate law firm. So most of what we do is draft legal documents for our clients. Um, but I've been able to make connections because some of our clients uh, do teach trauma-informed yoga. And so through just my own life and who I am, I've been able to connect with some of our clients. But um, in terms of does that directly apply to the work, I would say it applies in the way I engage with the clients. Mm. And so interesting, again, how... It sounds like you've created yourself by being open and, like you said, in initially putting one foot in front of the next and eventually kind of creating your own space. You've got such a wonderful toolbox or, you know, your, your secret box of information and experiences and tools to consistently be in measure to, you know, navigate in the day-to-day and with that, you've spoken about your personal practice and ahimsa, uh, nonviolence. And I was wondering, as a woman of color in wellness again, or in law, or traveling, are there moments where ahimsa, you know, hand on your heart, there are times of deep connection because you feel like it's needed for you to feel like you, you're navigating in your own rhythm with your own choices and the power of your voice. Can you dive into what ahimsa means for you on your personal level? I I love that question. I actually was teaching this morning and and we were we were practicing on the team of ahimsa. Uh, and for me it's really, you know, compassion towards all living beings including yourself. And oftentimes that little piece is missing, the fact that, you know, nonviolence starts with us in our thoughts in our actions, in our words. So it's really beautiful to be able to be forgiving um, for little things that we do. It's really beautiful to be non-judgmental towards ourselves. It's really beautiful to be able to give room for failure and errors and mistakes and seeing the beauty that comes from all of it. 
Mm. And that self-love, right? Like you said, is sometimes the piece that challenges us the most and at the same time is such a beautiful awareness to develop and nourish and maintain and... You know, in French, you would say, c'est comme mettre un bombe sur le cœur, you know? When I think of the, the translation, it's like a nice cream on your heart, but um, like a big band-aid that, that has all these special oils on it that just makes you realize that that piece is central to all of the offshoots of, you know, your life decisions and the pathway that you choose. And so I completely agree with you as a yoga teacher that Ahimsa is probably one of the themes I work with the most as well. And that is really transformational uh, within our own lives and for other people too. So, so beautiful. I'm curious now to hear you out on maybe two really fantastic and life-changing experiences that you've had both in Africa and in Montreal situations that may have been very inspiring to you that you still think of that definitely sparked a little um sparked a little like you know heart fire in why you are where you are today and so let's start maybe with one really deep game-changing experience that you've had in Africa can you tell us about that um I've had so many so just taking the time to think about one that uh, that comes to mind. Uh, I would have to say I've mentioned dancing before. Um, so I, I went, you know, to to dancing school. So we, we did ballet, we did jazz, we did tap, we did uh, African dance, we did modern dance, we did hip hop, all of the things. Uh, but always performing in front of a audience at the end of the year for the big recital was always the highlight of of my year I was always looking forward to it and uh, it has taught me a lot not just about uh, you know having presence when you're in front of people or not being afraid of you know speaking out or being seen but it also taught me the joy of being disciplined in learning something and then the freedom of executing when you have gained the knowledge and the background uh, in the in whatever you're pursuing and that's something that I've taken with me so even in law you know you have to study many hours uh, and but then the joy of being able to competently uh, talk to clients because you've done all of the work that precedes. It's um, it's sort of a, a similar dance, even in a different context. So I, I would say that that's an experience that I would always cherish that happened every year. So it's not a one-time experience, but just those formative years of dancing and performing in front of people and how that has trickled down to other areas of my life in teaching me discipline and the rewards that come with hard work. Mm. And, and so interesting. And, you know, I know we have our cameras on off, but I'm smiling away. I think that for me, dancing is such a passion as well and something that I definitely blend into my yoga practice and what I teach my students on my end too. And it's interesting to hear you out about 
it's always, I'm going to say like two sides of the metal, you know, there's that freedom of just doing on the spot, intuitive dancing with whatever comes through your body. And then on the other side, there's the development of the practice that becomes recorded as this deep muscle memory. And then it's danced from a place of complete liberation. And it makes me think of for a number of years when I lived on the west coast of Vancouver Island, I took flamenco courses. And I remember, and I, and I come from, you know, more of a classical dance background, but I, I did some African dancing. I did a lot of capoeira. I did some flamenco. And it was way more complicated than I thought. And my teacher said exactly what you just said. Learn it like incarnate it, feel it in your body. And once it's recorded, then you can really dance it. And I was like, okay, this is a practice that's going to require more than just, you know, six months of Monday night sessions. And, and I think it's such a good kind of metaphor on life, especially when you choose disciplines like law, where you can't just get there without having some type of discipline to really study and understand and register and then eventually deliver the person relation through the experience so I find it really interesting what you're saying and do you feel like dancing for you is something that you would see yourself eventually maybe merging with yoga and teaching and developing some some teacher trainings that would blend both of these approaches Mm. You know, I you're you're planting seeds in my heart. <laughs> I, it's not something that I that I've thought about, but it, it's something that I am. I, I remember one day one of my students um, asked me uh, if I had danced before, and I was surprised by his question. And he said, "The way you move in the classes makes me think that." You've been a mover for a very long time. So some things you can't just take off. <laughs> you They're sort of always on. It's part of who you are. It's part of your makeup at a certain point. So I, I haven't thought actively about blending these disciplines. But, uh, you know, what? who knows what the future holds? And so interesting to be on the path of being a yoga I used to use the word yoga teacher and for the past few years I, I feel like yoga facilitator because we never know exactly what we're facilitating. We know we facilitate a safe space for people to come and connect, but whatever they need to go through and and dive into or expand from is so unique to each person. And I feel like dance really has that medicine behind it too. So for the Montreal piece, so so we've talked about this experience that has definitely you know I guess left a little bit of a of a print in the way that you are what is an experience that you've gone through in Montreal that is is part of Nancy now so right after college or right after law school I uh, decided to start a non-profit and it was called a single foundation a single a single means joy in Lingala which is a language from the Democratic Republic of Congo And the foundation was mainly teaching yoga and meditation to people who have had an instance or an episode with mental health. And that was a very beautiful experience because I had the opportunity to teach in women's shelters, in uh, centers for uh, immigrants and refugees, uh, in schools. 
and uh, it really broadened my horizon to see how the practice is so transformative, um, can take people who are in difficult places and bring them to a state of peace and joy. So that experience really opened my eyes to the power of homecoming and yoga. And um, and so now I, I feel like a, it's a gift that was given to me that I have to give to other people. Beautiful. And, and like you said, so societally important and addressing without any taboo issues around mental health and how many people deal with mental health situations that can use much deeper and more understanding support. As someone that is now working as faculty and teacher trainings for yoga and meditation, I would imagine as they're being blended and in practices that are connected, do you feel like this social work as a mover and shaker, as a speaker, as someone that has had the the opportunity or um, I'm going to say the opportunity or just that through the organic way that your life has developed, move around and lived in different countries, do you feel that you have a big task in bringing to the table conversations about diversity and inclusivity? Do you feel like that is something that it's just in your cards? This is something you're going to do? It's something that I do. Uh, I do it naturally because oftentimes I'm, um, I am the diversity, if that makes sense, in some of the places where I have the opportunity to have a sit at the table. Uh, I'm always um, often the only one or one of the few who look like me. And so uh, just by the sheer virtue of that fact, I bring in a perspective that is uncommon. And uh, just by the sheer virtue of that, I also bring in a voice and um, and a baggage that is asking for more spaces, more power, more um, investment into my community and in communities of people who are not, who have not historically been re represented. Absolutely. And, and how necessary is that? And such, a, I don't know, do you see it as a task that seems, I'm not going to use the word heavy, but by certain times, probably from, from all of the history, but at the same time, something that needs to be discussed and can actually being lightened up when there's these safe spaces for conversations. How do you see your role as a facilitator in these deep conversations? Mm -hmm. So I'll just take an example. I am a teacher trainer in an advanced Hatha teacher training where I'm teaching yoga and justice and also anti-racism. And all the course is a year long and we meet a full weekend every month and then we have a retreat as well. And so over the course of a few months, I've seen the progress that my students have made uh, in their understanding of race relations, in their understanding of their own racial script. Uh, and we all have one. Uh, in their understanding of their conscious and unconscious biases, um, biases, and in also their um, their understanding of 
the beauty in inclusion and diversity. And so I don't think that this is a one-time conversation that we have. Um, I think that it's an ongoing conversation that evolves over time. I think that we are not all born anti-racist and uh, it's a spectrum depending on where we are and the subject matter. We can be more on the anti-racist side or more on the racist side. And so we have to constantly walk towards being more anti-racist. And this program sounds like uh, a real program for developing this awareness and having the ability to talk about it. Like you said, it's not just over, you know, a one-time workshop, but it really is through looking at her biases and having the ability to feel like everybody's in a safe space to have these conversations. It's really deep work. And do you think that this is programming? So you're talking about this one specific program, but is this something that you see yourself in the future offering to other yoga schools as well? Yes, definitely. I'm in the process of recording an online course with this uh, subject matter that would be sold to different Uh, yoga teacher trainings so important i would i would love to um get more information on her end too and just so listeners know of course when we're going to um speak of this podcast with nancy today we're going to have all of the information in her post so that you can follow nancy and find all of this important deep beautiful work that she's doing nancy What's your next, where, where are you going next? So you're in Spain right now. What's coming up in the next few weeks or the next couple of months? Mm, uh, after Spain, I'm going to Paris and then I will probably be going to Belgium. So that's, uh, that's as far as we know for now. Okay. And this would be, do you have yoga teaching opportunities as you move around as well? Or are you still working with your... I'm going to say your home-based community online. Uh, I'm working with my home-based community online. I'm open to, you know, other opportunities. I was approached by an organization called the Travel Yogi. And so next year, I will be taking my students to Panama and to France on yoga retreats. So I'm very excited about this new partnership that's that's coming up with the opportunity to marry my teaching with my love of travel and to do it with people that I love and also maybe people that I haven't met yet, but I'm looking forward to uh, growing with. Mm, so beautiful. And in the end, I think that when these opportunities arise, they're just a testimonial to all of the heart-based decision-making you've given yourself the opportunity to follow and listen to in the last few years it's so inspiring and it's been such a privilege to chat with you and and I think that I would just end it on on a note for women listening to us right now what would you what would you tell people to allow them to really listen to their inner voices and, and how can they stay connected to inspirations in their lives to really align with their, their highest being? I love that, you know, because I, I want to say that my practice as a teacher is to bring my students home to their higher selves. And, and that is done by, you know, quieting the noise 
and tuning in inward, uh, allowing ourselves to recognize that voice that is stronger than any other voice, which is our own. And I, I think that oftentimes we are not given the opportunity to nurture that voice. So I would say to the women listening to take the time to be quiet, uh, to enjoy solitude, to take the time to journal, to listen, to let your heart sing so that you can relearn the things that you knew as a child that you loved and maybe unlearn the things that you've learned as an adult that haven't served you so that you can be fully connected to your higher self. Such beautiful and, and deep words. Thank you for this heartfelt piece of advice. It's really been a pleasure, Nancy Zagbayou, to be chatting with you today. I am personally hoping that our paths will cross again. Thank you so much for sharing your vision, your stories, the importance of your work and how powerful your life can become when you say yes to taking this leap of faith into really just following your heart and and having some type of discipline through it all. I'm going to say a loving, flexible discipline, but it's been really a pleasure to feel nourished by your stories today. And um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing Nancy, um, I'm going to, you know, keep following what you're doing and I'm going to allow or uh, not allow, of course, but I'm going to share all of your information so that people can discover some of your yoga retreats, some of your online classes so that this community keeps building around you as well. Thank you so much for having me, Nadia. This was lovely. This podcast was produced by Tosh Taylor of the Podcast Hub Productions. Find her online at podcasthub.ca.